0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another great, super cool radio interview. I'm your host always, Matthew Thomas, thank you so much for tuning in, and just a quick reminder to thumbs up this video if you enjoy it, and make sure to subscribe and turn on that notification bell, that way you do not miss any super cool radio interviews or episodes. i got a great guest joining me momentarily, she's an incredible guitarist and songwriter from Cincinnati, Ohio, Erin Coburn. In January, I had the opportunity to see her perform live at the Hard Rock Casino in Gary, Indiana. It was an incredible time. She delivers a really great show, and I had so much fun rocking out with her. She's an incredible person, and I highly recommend you see her live when you get the chance. In this interview, we discuss the new single Blossoms, her unique guitar and instrument collection, producing music, and so much more. So let's dive into this interview. Let's go! Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now i got an awesome guest with me at this time she's a phenomenal guitarist and songwriter from cincinnati ohio please welcome Erin coburn hey everybody <laughs> it's nice to to see you again i know we met uh back uh, at the hard rock casino uh at the end of january it's so it's so awesome to have you on the podcast
1: I'm super excited to be here. I still have the little, like, uh, like the sweat rag that has super cool radio on it. I use that everywhere I go on tour now. <laughs> Very they, helpful.
0: <laughs> and they, they come in super handy. I try you know, everyone at me, you know, it doesn't cost me too much. That's why I always try to give, you know, because they come in so handy for gear, yeah. face, hands, whatever.
1: Exactly. That's a good merch idea.
0: Say, <laughs> yeah, say, always thinking, always yes. thinking. <laughs> and I definitely didn't steal that idea from somebody else. <laughs> every industry <laughs> that's that is very true yes so uh i know we got you know got a lot to discuss yeah, obviously you obviously had the tour in february you recently released uh, blossoms at the end of january but before we get into all of that i know um obviously you know, uh when i saw you uh last in the hard rock i know uh, you use a fretless guitar was this like um something that you started with or is this something that you like just really like the style of
1: yeah, yeah, it's a headless guitar, not fretless. I oh, I still I've dove in I've dove into the world of fretless before and that is terrifying. But yeah, the headless guitars, yeah. I I've been yeah. playing them for a while. Um I I actually had never played a headless guitar until like I think it was like 2019, NAM. It was like the NAM right before everything shut down um in Anaheim and I saw Strandberg like the Strandberg booth and I'm like whoa like that is so cool like i've seen them in videos but like i want to play one and so i like floated over to the booth and picked it up i'm like wow this is just like it feels right you know because like they have like the their neck is not normally like a it's not like a shape or d-shaped neck like like most guitars are it's like this trapezoid and it felt so comfortable my hands are like smaller so i mean it just it felt right and i honestly like It's just a lot lighter. I think the headstock, I think, I think someone said like the headstock is what makes it so much heavier, like typically. So, um, you know, it's, it's easy to move around stage and, uh, I'm super clumsy person. So it's nice that I don't have to worry about banging my headstock on stuff. Cause yeah, (laughs) so yeah, that's how it started.
0: No, th- that's really, it's, I-, I don't see a lot of people using a, uh, a headless guitar, you know, not fretless, headless, as I uh, get that right, but uh, it, it's, it, it was just very cool to see, I know you made a comment during the show, because, like, you know, I, I feel like at least there's a couple people that tell you, probably, each show, uh, you know, about your guitar and how different it looks.
1: I have so many people come up to me, and, like, they're telling me about my guitar, and they're like, you know, it's, like, headless, I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, I get the joke, I get jokes all the time, like, especially on TikTok, like, they're like, so no head? Like, I get that joke all the time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of headless guitar jokes that can be said. But, yes, lots of people talk about headless guitars, and some of it's not always the best. <laughs> but they're here, and they're here to stay.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, it, it sounded uh, really awesome when I got to see you. And, um, again, as I said, I don't see a whole lot of uh, guitarists using that style of guitar mm-hmm. But it sounded really awesome. I know you have a very unique uh, collection of guitars, you know, that I I at least saw one very unique one, the Spider-Man lunchbox at the uh, yep. the Hard Rock. Uh, so how did that, like, was this something you know, like you, you had in your head or is this someone that, uh, you know, someone suggested? How did that come to be?
1: Yeah. So my dad actually had the idea one day um, to make a guitar out of a lunchbox and he had never built a guitar before so it didn't go very well and it was not playable and this everything all the frets were wrong because it's extremely mathematical it's insane how much math and like in science like goes into building a guitar you know it's very well thought out and his was not but the idea was there the soul was put into it um so he um he decided to get someone else to build it and he found this guy named jim milligan and he runs new egypt folk string company um a folk string instrument company and so he did it he built me the lunchbox guitar and it was like dad did it as a surprise so it came to my house and i was like whoa like this is pretty wild and this thing has some attitude you know like i have a um the first one that was built for me was a spider-man lunchbox guitar and my dad picked up the lunchbox and everything the second one that was built was a star wars lunchbox guitar my dad picked out that lunchbox too And the Star Wars one is like even louder, but like like Jim made a bunch of um, he made like a bunch of changes and things that like can make it even better because like lunchboxes aren't typically made into guitars like it's normally like cigar box guitars or maybe oil cans like people make oil can guitars or like dresser drawer like upright basses like you can make guitars out of anything but lunchboxes I haven't seen too much so. Um, it, I guess it was like a bit of a challenge, but I love that guitar. It is so great. We wrote a bunch of new songs on it for um, the cigar, or the New Orleans Cigar Box Festival. So it's so much fun.
0: <laughs> oh, it definitely looked like it was so unique. I, I know, you know you had it, you know, hidden away during the set, and then we brought it out. I was like, that looks so awesome. <laughs> actually, to see in person, you play it sounded phenomenal.
1: Thank you. I think everyone should have a lunchbox. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: For sure. Plus, I know you you do use it for storage. Uh, for you know, I think I believe you had extra strings in there, yep. you know, um, for things like that. So it does it is functional and is stylish at the same time.
1: Exactly. Well, I had someone play a prank on me. Um, they put like a bunch of uh, like things from Spencer's into the lunchbox, and when I went to show the audience, it opens, and then I like open it up and like di- just dicks all over the stage. <laughs> so I'm like, well, shit, I didn't know that was gonna happen. <laughs> So, yes, but you can totally store things in them. the The Spider Man lunchbox, I can store things in. Star Wars lunchbox, unfortunately, does not open. So, um, yeah, just the Spider Man, but it's super cool.
0: <laughs> oh, it, it definitely is. Um, I know, <laughs> I know you you uh, you told that story uh, on stage at the Heart of Rock, but you know, yep. but uh, you know, it, it does come in handy for that as well.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs>
0: So, uh, I do have one more guitar question before we get to that. So, obviously, uh, you, you have a Spider-Man lunchbox. Uh, I've seen you have, you have like a, a Spider-Man cutout in one of your videos I've seen as well. Uh, so, for you, like, um, who are your two favorite superheroes and supervillains?
1: Oh, I love this question. This reminds me of the one podcast, Guitar Villains, that... Um, it's not, oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. But, anyway, um, two favorite superheroes, Spider-Man and probably Wonder Woman, and then... Favorite supervillains, Joker for sure, and I guess, I don't know, like, one of my favorite characters of, like, all the whole universes is is Venom, Um, but I don't know, he's, like, an anti-hero, so, but I'm gonna count him as a villain, so, Venom, yes.
0: Very nice, very very good uh, 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 picks for superheroes and supervillains, actually, my, my original, so one of my, like, original concert shirts that I always wore at concerts was, like, a Punisher shirt. Oh, nice! And like but then like I went to a Rob Zombie now uh, Rob Zombie and Korn show and like everybody had like it was like I ran into five people with a, like the same Punisher shirt I was wearing. Whoa. So I had to switch. So now I have a Venom shirt. There you uh, go. For concerts. and it's a very <laughs> unique one. I haven't seen anyone else that wear it. So I'm like nice. this is the shirt I'm going with now.
1: That's the badass one. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm jealous that you saw Korn live. That's so cool.
0: And I can't believe that was like oh, that was like eight years ago too. <laughs> I mean that was, yeah, that th- so uh, I haven't seen them since, but uh, that was like I was kind of wary at that point because I was like just after their dubstep album, like you know, a few years after that. yeah like, oh, I was like, I don't know how good this is gonna sound then they like did all their classic stuff and I lost my mind. It was a fantastic time.
1: That is incredible. My favorite video on like literally the internet is when Korn's playing uh, Woodstock and what's that like 99 or something and they do twist in it but like it's so cool and like the whole crowd it's like i've never seen that many people in one place but they were all jumping and oh it's so great i i, I watch that video all the time it's like a nine minute video like clip from it but oh my gosh it's just binge worthy
0: <laughs> oh yeah that, that crowd participation for you know just just having that whole crowd get into it like just that massive crowd get into yeah. it uh it's gotta be like just mind-blowing to be on stage with like just like that whole, you know, just that sea of people. It, yeah. I, 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 can't fathom it without experiencing it.
1: I, I yeah, same. <laughs> it's
0: insane. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. But uh, back to back to my my last guitar question. Then I know we're gonna move on to the new single, Blossoms. Yeah. So obviously you have, you have a Star Wars lunchbox. You have Spider Man lunchbox. Is there any like guitar ideas that you have that you want to implement that you want to create that you know you're still in the process of or just thinking about?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Well, besides doing, hopefully someday, doing a signature model of Strandberg, um, I definitely want a headless ukulele. You know, I, 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 you know, so Strandberg actually made an April Fool's joke. Every year they do an April Fool's joke on their social media pages, and I fall for them pretty much every single time. And so they actually had a, like, a headless, like, ukulele Strandberg, and I was like, I didn't know it was April Fool's Day, and I'm like, <gasps> Finally! Yes! Like, I am so ready! Let's do it! And, um, then they were like, April Fool's! And I was like, what? (laughs) So, um, I think I'm gonna maybe someday bring that up with them and say, hey, like, I think it'd be cool if you actually did that. (laughs) Other than that, I haven't put too much thought into other guitars, like, different- Oh, actually, wait. I changed my mind. Um, recently I played a place in Evansville, Indiana, called Mojo's Boneyard, and, um... One of my fans brought like a little miniature Spider-Man lunchbox, like it's like the size of my hand, maybe a little bit smaller. So I want to try to make a guitar out of that and play it for like one solo during a show. Like just try, but I don't think- it's it's not even big enough to put a a quarter inch jack on it, so I don't know how that's gonna happen. But they have- there's ways, there's ways, but- (laughs) so other than that, that's all
0: I got. <laughs> well, I I do hope both those happen at some point. A uh, you know, endless ukulele sounds. They've already made a joke about it, so someone has at least thought about it. Exactly, to make the joke.
1: Half of the half of the work is done. The idea is there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes. I, I, I do hope that happens. Plus, like, I've seen, like, the, you know, obviously they're just, like, replica, you know, tiny guitars. But I, mm-hmm. a functional one, I don't know yeah. how many strings you can get on it, but... <laughs>
1: I know. It's probably going to be, like, a one-stringer.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe try to just make, maybe two. Have at least two on there.
1: Yep. When I when I was young, I was so fascinated with, like, the guitars that people made out of, like, rubber bands and pencils. And I'm like, I, I, I would try to make those, and it never was successful, but... I feel like it would have that vibe, like maybe even like some rubber band strings on it. <laughs> that would be interesting.
0: Well, I I, I hope that uh, I hope that comes to fruition because I would love to see that. Just just we the do. reaction on people's faces would be yeah. priceless.
1: It's pure entertainment, <laughs> whether or not it will sound good. But <laughs> it'll look cool.
0: <laughs> I mean, as long as it looks cool. I mean, sound. You know, the sound of music. I mean, you know. It's always That's the most hard... important thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, but we'll see. Maybe you could dial that in. I know you obviously uh, you do use a ukulele on stage, a regular, you know, n- ukulele on stage. Yeah. You, know, you you go you, from guitar to a lunchbox guitar to a ukulele, uh, you know, throughout the set, which was which was fun, you know, to see all the different instruments that you uh, that you have and you can play.
1: Absolutely, thank you. <laughs>
0: of course, of course. Now, uh, actually. Last question, then I'm going to move on to Blossoms. Uh, So I did hear at the end of last year that you were working on a new studio. How is the progress for that?
1: Progress is going well. My dad is actually building it. So we had plans for, like, a separate building. But uh, the city that I live in was like, no. So we're building it in the garage, which the garage was already, like, you know, um... Turned into like a room versus an actual garage. So we're using the garage. We we split it up into two rooms, the control room and then the like the recording room, um, the live room, and it's going well. We have the control room about 89% done. So I should be in by like next weekend. Hopefully I'm super excited, but then it's like, it's kind of figuring out where all like the weak spots in the room are. So, you know, like all where the sound is bouncing from and I gotta figure that out, but, uh, it's- it's coming along, so right now I'm just in my bedroom, and then, like, the corner, and I, like, set up all of my gear, so there's just gear all along the walls, (laughs) and, like, our- we- we rehearse in the living room now, my parents are, like, just, like, we gotta get this studio going along, (laughs) so, but, it's exciting, I'm super excited for it, because you know, I can't re- I can't really record any vocals in this room without it sounding like trash. So I'm super stoked to have a vocal booth that I can knock the album vocals out with.
0: Oh, for sure. I do hope uh, you yes. know you know uh, rehearsing in the in the uh, living room does probably expedite things. Hopefully. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there's no. I think one of the walls doesn't have a ground. So when I plug my amp in for the whole rehearsal, all you hear is Brrr! like it's a really loud buzz. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but we're working on it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're making a lot of great progress with that. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be really awesome for you to be able to, you know, have a, a really great studio you can use that, like, you, you know, it's literally in your house, you don't have to go anywhere, you don't have to do anything, it's literally there for you.
1: Yes, it's so exciting. I, the best thing I ever did was go and get, like, my certification in Pro Tools and, like, you know, learn how to mix and learn how to learn how to mix, because it's always changing. So, it's, I'm so thankful for that, because it's
0: awesome <laughs> oh definitely for sure and I, I will i will be talking about your uh you know engineering production when i talk about the new single blossoms yeah. which i want to do right now because i'm great good. at segues like that <laughs> uh so you released "Blossoms" the end of january uh it was like right after i saw you um did you perform it live i think did uh
1: i don't think we did because i okay, haven't do yeah, okay. with my band yet <laughs> okay that's
0: what, that's what i thought i just want yes. to make sure but I, I was like I, all right So, uh, so for you, how was it writing and recording Blossoms?
1: It was a blast. Um, so I actually wrote that song, like, oh my God, like 2020, I think I wrote it 2020 and I did not want to release it. (laughs) I was honestly terrified to release it. It talks about a lot of different stuff that I feel like people would judge me for. And which is like what artists do and like what songs are, but I, you know, we get in our own heads and that's just a people thing, but um, it took me a while and I actually- it was like more electronic and like not rock at all. Like the original song was, um, very synthy, very less- much less guitar. Um, so it's super different, but I was like, I- you know what, I want to do something with the song. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm just gonna like, make a rock version of it, cause I'm focusing on rock. I want guitar in every song and I want it to be big and loud and memorable. And that's where that came about! So I recorded it, and I went back and forth on it for, like, forever, it seemed like. This is the longest I've ever, sit on, like, sat on a song. You know, normally it's like, okay, I'm gonna record the song, and then boom, it's out. Like, not that much longer, or it's done. So, sorry, we have dogs. Oh, <laughs> and no um yeah, so but Bl- Blossoms took forever, so it was kind of a relief and also stressful when I was releasing it. Um, but it was a cool process. I did all of the, I, I did all the draw. I, I programmed all the drums, I recorded all the bass, the guitar parts, um, uh, mixed and mastered it, so it's all 100% in-house, and there's, there, I look back and there's things, and I'm like, damn, I should have done this, or I should have done this, but it's just exciting because I can use it for the next releases. But Blossoms was so much fun. So much fun writing.
0: Oh, I bet. It, you know it's, it's a really great uh, song. I really like that. It, it has the guitar in it. It really rocks. It does have the kind of the blend of like, the, the rock music, but also the electronic music in there. I do like the balance of having both those styles of music in Blossoms.
1: Yeah, yeah. thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. So, uh, you said, obviously, so you started on in 2020, it's now been released in 2023. So obviously, you know, obviously you're writing and recording it. Um, did you ever hit like a point where it's like, I just want to put this out yet, you know, that you like, you want to release this, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was, literally, that was recently, like, there was there were some points where I'm like, I just want to release this, but I'm like, I don't think it's ready. Because a lot of people were telling me, you have to go in one direction, you have to have one sound. And I was still trying to like, make my sound. Like if you listen to like the first album versus the second album versus the third album like they're all so different from each other cuz I was growing up between them and, you know, I always forget, I'm like, I'm so embarrassed by the first and the second album, like, especially the first album, I, I'm embarrassed to listen to it, but people are like, oh, it's so cool seeing that, like, natural progression, but I just want to, like, rip it all down and put new stuff out there, because I'm like, I found my sound, this is who I am, this is what, it's, what I sound like, and I know how to express that a lot better than I did when I was, like, 12. Um, but, yeah, I forget about that, but I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, when I, like... When I wrote Blossoms, um, I was super excited about it, but I realized that I wanted to make it more the sound that I know and love now versus back in the day. So I felt ready when when I kind of crafted that sound a little bit more, if that makes sense. <laughs> it
0: does, it does. And I, honestly, I totally feel you about looking at stuff you did like years ago compared to like yeah. the stuff you do. Like I, I, I tr- I, like, I know people still talk about like, my, my first season interviews is back in like 2019, 2020, oh, nice. something like that. So, like, I, 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 I mean, I, I know where I've, come, you know, how far I've come, but I, I, I still, sometimes I look back and I, I cringe myself just because, oh. like, yeah, you know, like, I see, like, how much, you know, I see the better, you know, that I'm better at, you know, I have all my skills, I've improved for it, and now, I like, I look back, and it's like, oh, I look so, you know un- you know, inexperienced and I didn't know what I was doing, so now I feel like, you know, when you that. finally hit your groove. It's like, oh, this is how I, this is how I want people to see me now.
1: Yes, and it's kind of like a template too. Like you, you're like, I like this, I like this, I want to sprinkle in a little bit of this because that's what I normally do, and then you just add whatever you're feeling on top of that, and it's like this is me. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I, I did want to uh, talk about your. So obviously, you said you've, uh, you got certified for you know for Pro, uh, pro Tools. There we go. Yeah and uh so when did you like start uh learning about like engineering and producing and recording music like how old were you when you started that
1: um i i had logic when i was f- 16 or 17. like i was young i was like 16 or 17 when i started like just fucking around with logic and i'm like this is really cool but i have no idea what i was doing at all there's like early recordings that just are just a bunch of harmonies and i just i just loved vocal harmonies i love layering as many as possible and that was where i was comfortable but um it wasn't until like the pandemic like that everything like when everything shut down when i was like huh i can't do shows but i want to do something that i can you know learn and that'll benefit for the future so um uh, I, I will go learn how to how to record and mix a master and I had a pretty good like basic understanding of recording so I had, like binge watched like YouTube videos on how to record and how to use Pro Tools and all that stuff but um, it wasn't until I went to uh, Cleveland School of Audio Recording that I just like it blew my mind I'm like okay cool so this is what it is and this and that and it was I think four months but it was super intense like every day and we were sitting in on sessions and it was awesome I did it with my drummer my best friend Brandon, and it was. It was the best thing ever but yeah that's that's how it started out was the the pandemic which i think a lot of people had that kind of kick in the ass where it was like damn i should probably learn something new (laughs) i have time
0: (laughs) exactly it was a lot you know during that time since there's a lot of weirdness going on as you know Mm -hmm. as everyone knows uh but yeah a lot of people like they want to try something new or they want to like you know change up their you know their lifestyle and their habits and stuff but i'm glad you definitely use that downtime uh very productively uh to learn about uh you know engineering and producing
1: yeah. And I love it. I watch, I, I still, I binge watch videos all the time now. Like I'm, I have favorite producers and engineers. I'm just like, I will listen to podcasts with them and it's, uh, there's always something to learn in the industry. And that's the most beautiful thing about it is just, it's always changing.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, definitely, there's always, you know, new things to learn and to discover. Like I, you know, me personally, I always try to learn something new, even just not even just music or podcasts, only just something in life that's new or interesting. I always just try to learn something new every day.
1: That is, that's, that's the outlook of a genius.
0: <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'll go that far for myself, but. <laughs> it
1: is. I mean, how do people become geniuses? They have that, that perspective on life because they're soaking as much knowledge as possible. I think that's great.
0: Oh, oh for sure. I know, you know, you're a similar way with you know obviously with the music and uh, producing, as you, as you said, you, um, you, you produced uh, and recorded uh, Blossoms. Um was that like? Did anyone help you throughout that whole process, or was that just all? Um, you know, minus the recording part. Uh, you know, with the um, other other musicians, but yeah. for like the whole engineering part, was that was that all you?
1: Most of the engineering was me. I went um, back up to Cleveland to learn a couple things with drums because my drums before I released Blossoms were lacking. Um, not like the play, like the actual performance, but the the mix it wasn't it wasn't bad at all it just wasn't like the drums that like hits you in the face like on the way out you know <laughs> like that's that's what i was aiming for so i went back up and i learned how to uh, make the drums bigger so um but other than that it was it was all me that mixed it so
0: oh, right on right on yeah no i've i've heard from you know other uh, either uh, other people i've interviewed that drums is like the hardest part uh, of to, yeah. to record and to make actually sound good uh, it's yeah. the hardest, uh, most difficult part of a song.
1: It's super difficult. I, I just got, um, I bought this plugin called Superior Drummer and it was like $600. So it was, it was definitely a kick in the wallet, but, but it was worth it because um, I won't get too nerdy here, but I just, I love, anyone that's listening that, you know, needs good drums. This is the key right here or one of the keys. Uh, but if like, if you record drums and they're like, you go back and you listen to it and you're like, man, that was really shitty. I should have done this and that. You can get away with it if um, the waveforms are clean. You can get away with, like, triggering the drums, so using, um... Superior drummer like the, the triggering symbols you can actually trigger symbols and redo your symbols I didn't know that like I was using uh slate slate drums and like you can't trigger symbols on there so I just thought it wasn't possible but uh, yeah no it blew my mind that I can do that and now it's like oh it's okay if if that piece of the drum set but everything else sounded good I'll just swap that out and trigger it and boom we're good to go so I did that with one of the things on Blossoms too I had to retrigger like um like a hi hat or yeah a hi hat and it was just life-changing <laughs> so yes i'm a plug-in well, nerd
0: <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you uh you know you found a solution for that you know obviously yeah. you had one uh you know one um style but that wasn't working so you had to you know find something else that would work and you're able to trigger uh the drums and the cymbals and all of that so i'm yeah. glad that you found a solution uh <laughs> for the song yeah, <laughs> yeah. So- but uh, and I, I do got uh, one more thing about Blossoms, and I got uh, a, a few more questions, that we're gonna wrap up. But yeah. uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to Blossoms yet, what can they expect like musically and lyrically?
1: So musically, um, I call it rock because it's such a broad like genre, but it's like high energy rock that you could probably like jump around to at shows, um, and it's catchy. It's not like like dad rock, which well, there's nothing wrong with dad rock, but it's more like modern rock, like maybe K.G. Elephant vibes. Yeah, K.G. elephant vibes. It's a bit. Sorry, I'm very chaotic, but I guess that's the music is chaotic. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, they can expect that.
0: Right on, right on. Well, I definitely highly recommend everyone check out Blossoms. I'm a very, very big fan of it. I'll leave some links uh, for Blossoms and Aaron Coburn in the description of this podcast as well. So uh, I did want to talk about. You went on tour for about the first half of ish about uh, February. How was uh, how was the tour?
1: It was awesome. We were gone for like three weeks and like it was a southern tour, so we did like Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and uh, where was that? Louisiana. So there were some places I'd never been before and it was so much fun. Um, Yeah, I think that was just epic when we're gone. We're usually gone like every weekend, but that was the first time I think I've been gone for like three straight weeks with shows almost every night. And i loved it (laughs) that's been my dream is to do like do tours like that where it's like no break you're playing every single night and you've got things like booked to the to the max so uh, it was a a dream come true yeah
0: well i'm very happy to hear that uh how like i I know you did more of the uh, southeastern u.s uh how was the weather was it uh, a little bit warmer
1: it was much better we actually were we, we had an airbnb on the beach for one of the things uh i think in alabama and oh my gosh, it was so great! <laughs> it was a little cold on the beach, but you know you don't get that in Ohio.
0: <laughs> no, you definitely don't get a beach, you in, uh, know, in, in Ohio. Very, no. you know. yeah. But, uh, I'm very glad you, you got to uh, experience some nice nicer weather uh, outside of Ohio. And uh, it sounds <laughs> like you had a really great time. I was watching some of your videos and photos from tour. It looked like you were having such a fun time.
1: It was awesome. It really was, and we met a lot of new new friends too. So, yeah.
0: The Very, very good bonus along the way of the tour as well. Um, So uh, for you, like, um, obviously you said you you toured those states and you're you're from Ohio. Is there, like, Mm -hmm. uh, any any states in the U.S. that you want to visit, that you want to perform at, that you haven't yet?
1: Seattle. (laughs) I really want to go to Seattle. Um, I've heard so many cool things about, like, the music scene there. And there's a studio. I was watching um, the Foo Fighters show, uh, Sonic Highways. And they, you know? like, would tour studios and things like that, and one of the studios they toured, I think it was in Seattle, was, like, underground, and this guy just kept digging more and more rooms, like, and building more rooms in the studio, and it was the coolest thing ever! So, uh, I want to play a show in Seattle so I can go try to find that studio and, um, and check it out. <laughs>
0: I, I, I do hope you get that opportunity. Yeah, the, I think that whole album for the Foo Fighters, I think they recorded in a bunch of different studios. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I think around, I, I know for sure the U.S. I believe uh, internationally as well too. Yep, yep.
1: That was the coolest, coolest concept for an album. I love that.
0: And, like that one, and I believe their previous one, which is a Wasting Light, which is my favorite by the Foo Fighters, because they did mm-hmm. it all in uh, Dave Roll's like house, oh which gosh. I was watching the behind the scenes of that, and it was just and like they just did it on tape too. They did it on analog tape. Woo! That's how they report. Yeah. See, that's so, uh, so
1: cool when people do like they add like like constraints, like like or like things that like like can hold you back from just like having access to everything. Like they they add like little like rules and stuff, you know. And that's what like really sparks some crazy creativity.
0: I love well, de- that. definitely. You're you're putting constraints on yourself to make yourself better. If that makes yeah. any kind of sense. Of uh, for
1: sure. For uh, sure. Uh,
0: so yeah, I, I highly recommend ever check that documentary out about wasting light as yeah. well because um, oh, wow. it was just so cool to see their process of like how you know how they did everything. And I know they you know, they play the guitars and the drums at the same time for they get the bass of the song and like them you know Taylor and Dave trying to do that. They had, like so many outtakes of that because like they kept messing up They're like well we got to redo the whole song because it's yep. to tape so. That, yeah
1: <laughs> that's a much crazier process <laughs> a lot less forgiving <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely definitely but yeah that I won uh album of the year and I it's completely understanding why that you know why it is a great album
1: of course of course
0: so sorry went on went on the uh, foo fighters um sidebar there but
1: I'm always down for that <laughs> oh I am,
0: I am too one of, one of my favorite band of you know I've never never had a chance to see them live, but I just love uh, just their music. Just how how they pro- like I'm more interested in how they produce the albums. Just because yeah. it's always something uh just crazy, like just in the coolest way of how they were able to do it.
1: Yes. Yes. That's amazing.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. But I, I do get a few more f- questions for you before yeah. we wrap up. So uh what is like one thing in life that you want to try that you haven't yet?
1: One thing in life that I want to try, but I have not yet. Oh my god, there's like 10 million things.
0: You can pick a few. You can pick a few. It's your interview. You can break the rules and feel feel them.
1: One thing in life. Alright, I'll do one with music. Um, I really want to try writing a song where it has call and response to it. I don't really- I don't think I have a song, like, that has that yet. So, um, I, one of my, like, favorite bands, like Bad Omens, does that, like, concrete, jungle, concrete, jungle, you know, like, and it's the coolest dynamic between a- like a- like, fans and the artists it's like wow that's so much energy happening at one time (laughs) so i really want to try that i think that would be really epic um i also want to pick up a sitar sometime in the future um but i don't know when that'll happen because that'll probably be like 50 years of learning to get you know to a good sound
0: (laughs) well you you bet you better get on those 50 years then (laughs) yeah yeah
1: and then one thing in life um non-music related, well kind of non-music, everything is is music related, but um, two things actually. One, I want to open like a coffee shop music venue kind of thing that serves like all kinds of just weird strange like foods. I just, I love weird foods and exploring foods. Like when we go on the road, I try to find like local places or you know um, just places that have food that I wouldn't normally get back in Ohio and stuff like that. So um, yeah i want to open that and then i want to compete in jujitsu but like probably just like white belt <laughs> because i don't want to get my ass whooped too much
0: <laughs> <laughs> all those are really great answers for you know, for the music stuff and the the life stuff as well thank and you. I, d- I do hope all that happens because it sounds like really awesome goals and great things to work towards as well
1: thank you i appreciate it it's exciting
0: <laughs> <laughs> for sure so I, i'm definitely looking forward to seeing you know uh to see how the rest of your journey, um, you know, through life and music goes as well. Thank you. So, uh, as we wrap this up, so 2023, we're already just starting March at the time of this interview. So, uh, what is the rest of 2023 looking like for Aaron Coburn?
1: Yeah, lots more shows. Like we are booking like crazy. We got a new booking agent, so uh, we've been <laughs> just balls to the wall, man. Uh, We are playing Canada for the first time this year, which is super exciting. We're playing Vancouver Island, I think, yeah. So super excited about that, and then um, just so many shows after that, and then we we almost were able to make it over to Europe, like make it happen this year, but we weren't able to book as many shows in a shorter amount of time, so um, next year hopefully we will do that. But uh, yeah, this year lots of shows and a new album and the the recording studio being finished, so yeah.
0: a lot of awesome stuff in the works for you I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more new music uh, congrats on getting is this your first uh canadian date uh that you've yep. performed at nice
1: every date that we need a passport
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're right on well yes. I hope you have an awesome time and uh, hopefully I know a lot of bands announced like very recently like european dates and stuff so hopefully yeah. next year uh you can get in on that too because that'd be really awesome for you
1: fingers crossed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely definitely so uh and um as i'm wrapping this up what are the best ways to uh check on support your music
1: yes uh you can find my music on spotify apple music all the streaming services under aaron coburn e-r-i-n-c-o-b-u-r-n um and then i'm also on all social media tiktok instagram facebook um under aaron coburn official And yeah, I go live on Facebook regularly. And uh, I'm actually going to be picking up Twitch streaming again. Um, I do more like production stuff on there. So it's not as exciting as the live performances. But, you know, if anyone's interested, I like watching that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
0: Right. And I will drop all those links in the description of this podcast as well. Aaron, it is so awesome to see you again. I definitely look forward to rocking out with you again, hopefully uh, in the near future as well.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Of course, for Aaron Coburn of Aaron Coburn. I, as always, Matthew Thomas. Thanks so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty.